0: It's like you've got a snow globe, also known as your head, that you're shaking with thoughts about all your shoulds. But really, when you set the snow globe down and you let it settle, there's space. And in that space, everything you need to run your life is available. And in that space, action that I'm going to call inspired action versus conditioned action, i.e. should action, inspired action that comes from your heart and soul that nourishes you arises in that space
1: welcome to the happy entrepreneur podcast this is a podcast for people who look at business differently it's for founders freelancers change makers and freedom seekers who want to make money do good and be happy We choose the path of the happy entrepreneur not to get rich, but to express ourselves and serve others in the most authentic way we can. Many of us couldn't find our role by working for others, and so we chose to work for ourselves. We took the more uncertain path not because we wanted to, but because we needed to. We value learning, play and friendship, and we have a need to make a meaningful impact in the world. By following the path of the happy entrepreneur, we learn as much about ourselves as we do about business. On this podcast, I have conversations with other happy entrepreneurs from different walks of life, industries, and countries. We talk about the journey and about what we've learned about ourselves along the way. For us, entrepreneurship isn't just a way to make money, but a journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're on the same path and are looking for inspiration and connection, then this podcast is for you. When faced with a crisis, how do you respond? When your mind is filled with anxious thoughts and worries, it's impossible to find the right answer. But if you let your mind settle and be at peace, then that's when insight arrives. In this episode of the podcast, we're joined by Elizabeth Lovius, entrepreneur, leadership coach, and wisdom teacher. She shares her own insight about where inspired action comes from and how we can find it within us. We relate this to our own experience of handling a crisis when we discovered just three weeks before our annual signature event that we didn't have a venue. According to Elizabeth, no matter what we might be experiencing on the outside, inside we are safe and we can claim the peace we need at any time. This is our spiritual side, the side of us that we need to be using more in business particularly now. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome, everyone. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are and whenever you are watching this. Uh, thank you to another... Well, oh, we are... What are we playing with? What's the name of this thing now, Lawrence? Are we Are we the fri- Friday Fireside?
2: I think it's Fireside Fridays or the fi- Friday Fireside. Yeah, we'd love to know you. All Campfire Conversations was another popular one, so... <laughs> Yeah,
1: campfire conversations. I I feel the need for some kind of flaming stuff going on in the background and marshmallows. Uh, Maybe that's what we're going to have to insist. Anyone who's going to join us has to have a fire pit in front of them while they're talking.
2: (laughs) But yeah, we want we want the vibe of the round the campfire chat. That's the that's the goal, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, making it cozy and and also including everyone who's joining us live in the conversation we'd love to hear any thoughts any questions um and for us like maybe to spark it off is like the title of this was slowing down to the speed of life and i've already seen uh, ian said he he loves the book i didn't even know there was a book there is um, a book so if you've read the book please say yes, and if you haven't read the book, please say no, <laughs> at least than that. That's an easy question to start off with. Have you read Slowing Down to the Speed of Life? Um, and we're joined today by Elizabeth Lovius. Uh, and actually, I'm gonna ha- hand over to you to maybe describe, for, for people who are here who haven't uh, who don't know you well uh, yet, explain w- who is Elizabeth and what does Elizabeth do?
0: Oh, wow, they have a question. Okay, so I've been in the field of uh, helping things and people work better for 30 years. So I've been running my own organization, business consultancy for 30 years, and I met the happy startup guys five, six, seven years ago, I think maybe the second uh, camp you ever ran, and um, ignited uh, in my heart a spirit of entrepreneurship, which I was already there, but I didn't didn't know. And so, since then, I don't know if you guys actually know this, but I've set up, i am become a un- social entrepreneur. So I've set up a couple of businesses in the space of wisdom and well-being, which I believe is the source of everything. So that's really what I've done over my 30 years is I've distilled the essence of everything I know that is helpful to people and discovered that whether you're right up against it and struggling with your own mind or your own life or whatever at that end of the spectrum or full of inspiration and ready to fulfill your potential the same source will guide you and the same source will heal you and the same source will help you move forward and that is already within you so I've become very interested in that what is that because it's not it's not a pill you can take and have it instantly. I wish so, do you? <laughs> well, there is a exactly. pill that helps you instantly, but that, that doesn't work sustainably, right? So, you know,
2: there's a, a downside.
0: There's <laughs> a downside. <Yeah. laughs> I um, feel like we
1: should call this, you know, uh, the secret sauce from
0: Elizabeth yeah.
2: Natural right. highs with Elizabeth Logan.
0: Natural cool. highs, there's a name. Um, but what I've discovered is I've worked with literally 10, over 10,000 people, and I've discovered that there is this simple thing that's true for us all, and it's really how what's creating our experience of anything and everything, and that the more we understand that, the more we have the goodies of life. And I'm going to say the goodies of life are the answer to the Spice Girl question. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you want what you? you oh, okay. I was waiting for it. You were going to sing it, Excellent. <laughs> But, um, it's which one are you? I've it, discovered it's the same answer. You missed that. For everybody. I said, you
2: want which to know what the answer you? Can you hear me? Yeah, no. Yeah. I said, which Spice Girl are you?
0: Oh, which Spice Girl am I? Oh, I have to be scary, I think. <laughs> um, a little All bit right. scary. I'm going to be sporty. Oh, which one
1: <laughs> are a, you going to be? La- Lauren's
0: going to be baby. Oh, baby. I'll take baby. Okay, very cute. I can get that. But there is an answer to it, and it's really one of these four words, you know, whichever word floats your boat, but it's going to be a version of love or peace or freedom or fulfillment.
1: Mm.
0: So whatever you want, you want because you want that.
1: Mm.
0: So start there.
1: Mm. So I've got a a question that it's popped up a couple of times this week. We are talking to a couple of, well, of people who've approached us about our community. And the symptom is busyness. Yeah. Needing to. And so what they've come. Well, when I've talked to them, what they've been asking for is like, how can I fit all of this in? How mm-hmm. can I get all of this stuff done? Because I need to get this, 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 and this done. But I'm tired. Mm-hmm. But I need to get this done. Mm. But I'm
0: tired. Mm -hmm. Oh, can (laughs) I think about that? Go for it. Oh, my God. So that's everyone. (laughs) Me too. Um, But it's a lie. It's an illusion. It's it's a story we're telling ourselves. So that's the first place to start. We're all telling ourselves stories all the time about what we need to do. And I'm going to bring... A really big important word into the conversation: what we should do. Oh. So there's two types. I was just kind of listening a little bit to what Lawrence talked about last time. Not not you, Lawrence, baby spice. The other one, <laughs> <laughs> the other spice girl.
2: Scary spice. <laughs> Scar- yeah,
0: yeah he be scary. scary. Um, I want to talk about where what busyness really is and. Uh, the two types of places action can come from that relates exactly to what you're saying. So busyness, technically, oh, lazy spice. I want to be lazy spice. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Lazy spice. That should be a lazy spice. My husband's lazy spice, definitely. Um, what is busyness? Busyness is a lot on your mind, right? Hmm. A lot of I've got a lot of things to do I should do my to-do list or all these ideas of myself that I should be living up to that I'm not is my busyness so I want to I want to say that busyness is created through your mind it's created in your head and it's filled with all the things you should be doing now uh that's made up, and you make it up. That's it. <laughs> so, so, but here's the here's the problem: we live in a world where busyness is seen as a badge of honor, a good thing. Like it's good to be busy. Now, what is true is it's good to get your hands dirty, for you to be engaged in life, to be alive. You know that we're made to be alive in life, etc. But to be so busy that we feel overwhelmed by our thoughts, I don't think that's the design. I think we create it and we create it quite simply by thinking things should be different and we should be different than the way that we are. The should comes in. And the should is made-up story that we've inherited from our parents, from our upbringing, from Reading the happy startup guide to being a good, happy startup. I should be doing my values. You know, whatever it is that we've created as what a good person is in our heads, we then become uh, busy with if we're not that. So I just want to say that busyness isn't, I want to say a word about busy from the point of view of a really busy mind is not a mind that gets its best ideas. I think you'll have had many people on this show who've spoken. I know Lawrence will and Charlie um, will have spoken to a quieter place that's available when we settle down, when we connect with ourselves, where inspiration and insight just arises effortlessly. The doing nothing has wisdom in it. Mm. I don't know about you guys listening or you, you two on the call, but do you do you not find that? I mean, I go for a walk most days if I can, the river walk behind my house. Nice. I get great ideas that I'm not thinking about. That's the key. I'm not <laughs> thinking about those things. I just what pops in my head is a revelation about my relationship with my dad. I wasn't even yeah. thinking about my dad, you know, mm. but in in Pop's insight in a space. So I just want to say one last thing about busyness. It's like you've got a snow globe, also known as your head, that you're shaking with thoughts about all your shoulds. But really, when you set the snow globe down and you let it settle, there's space. And in that space, everything you need to run your life is available. And in that space, action is that I'm going to call inspired action versus conditioned action, i.e. should action, inspired action that comes from your heart and soul that nourishes you, arises in that space.
2: Nice. I love the idea of everyone having their own snow globe. (laughs) Well,
1: I was going to say, if you're watching now, um, if you've got that picture of a snow globe with loads of stuff floating in your head or you're super calm, Could you say snow globe if you're manic or slow globe if you're calm?
0: Slow globe or snow globe?
2: It's not as good as lazy spice. (laughs)
0: Lazy spice is I'm stealing it.
2: (laughs) I'm curious about what you're saying because I read this book last year or a couple of years ago called Make Time, um, and they talked a lot about defaults. You know, You talk about busy seems to be like when you ask someone how they're doing, well, maybe before lockdown, probably even more so now, how are you doing? It tends to be busy, you know, and that's the first almost thing that comes to mind. We say our default is busy, but I'm curious, like how can we reset our defaults to, like you said, being full or less, I don't know, do we need any language for it that's not, um, that comes to mind when, when someone asks us that question?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think this is a really good opportunity to bring in the idea of feelings, Because they tell you where you are, right? So so just take a look. Don't believe me, though. Just see if it's true. Sometimes we can feel anxious or frustrated or under pressure, urgent, stressed, angry, irritated, um, very gloomy, grumpy. I mean, if we're human. We're going to, we're going to experience that now. Feelings tend to come as a result of the quality of our thinking. So if we've got, my husband should do more around the house thinking we've got irritated feeling. It just goes together. Um, I can't cope with all the worry about the future anxiety. You know, that feelings are telling us the quality of our thinking. Now, if you go, when you go on your little walk and you don't have much going on, the feeling that's there is just more open, more connected, more peaceful, in tune, easy. And so that tells you that the quality of your thinking's improved. So a busy mind, if you comes with a sense of agitation, it's probably not really helping your um, experience and quality of life. Now, we've inherited a world where busy think a lot of thinking about things, analyzing, figuring it out is seen to be good. But it's not really the main design of the human. The main design of the human, is to be present, being in this moment, being present to what is in this moment. And in that this moment, we have everything we need to meet the needs of the moment. Now, what happens is because we've been gifted with this incredible gift of thought to imagine a past and a future, because actually, they only exist in imagination, by the way. Technically, the brain imagines the past. That's why I've oh, frozen. Am I still there? That's why you can't, police have such trouble um, getting witness statements because everyone has their own imagination of what happened. And the future, well, clearly that hasn't happened yet. So it can only ever be a construct. But the way we're designed is when we think about this terrible thing that happened when, you know, in, the, in our past. Or we think about this terrible thing that might happen in our future, we have the feelings to correspond with that right now. So I think about, I might never see my mum again. And I start to feel the grief right now as if it's happening, but it's not. But we don't, our minds don't know the difference.
1: Mm.
0: So I wanna say that, you know, your feelings are telling you about the state of your thinking. And quite simply, the less on your mind, the more settled you are. The more the quality of your thinking guides you moment by moment, and and gives you what you need to meet the needs of the moment. And I think this is a massive misunderstanding most people have. They think they need to plan for every eventuality and figure it out before it happens, and they get busy with that. And it looks like a good idea, and it's a it should you should do that. But life, I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> doesn't work out like you planned it a lot that doesn't mean to say you do nothing but if you're always preoccupied with your plans you're not here now in this moment following the breadcrumbs right in front of you
1: there's a element there about uh, here about control yeah and, and and the need to feel like you're in control um but also, there's there's part of it of, um, you know, I like the idea of, you know, this, when you're talking about our, our ability to imagine things is what makes things happen. Yeah. If we couldn't imagine things, we wouldn't be able to get creative.
0: That's it. But it's a double,
1: double-edged sword. Because we can imagine things, we can imagine the bad things as well as the good things.
0: That's it.
1: Um, and so if we're going to create something like an amazing event or a beautiful experience or even a a a product we need to be able to work out how to get there and i think anyone here who's an entrepreneur who you know who've been told you know you need to have a five-year plan because if you've got a five-year plan you know where you're going i don't think necessary is the plan is the problem is your attachment that the plan must execute exactly how you foresaw it that's it is that and because is that, there's that real tension sometimes yeah. like being in the moment yeah. and, and being able to know what's going to happen next or yeah. being able to predict what you're going to do next.
0: So if you know that you have within you, all of us, you know, if we have within us the capacity to meet the need of any given moment, we do not need to be afraid of what happens because we will find within us You know, Lawrence, your boy suddenly was in hospital. You had to find within you the the need to meet that and deal with it as reality. You would never, you know, that's not you can't plan for. You find it within you, you know. We we all have within us this capacity. And we also have within us the capacity for inspiration to come and, and get us out of bed in the morning. It's the same capacity. When I think of it like you want to have something that gets the ship out of the harbour. You want to have a reason to sail, to go, you know. Mm-hmm. You want to have a destination. Maybe you've got in mind, I don't know, some islands with lots of dancing naked women on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, if you're a... Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, that will get you <laughs> <laughs> That will get you out of bed, right? But then you're on the... Then you're on the waves, and the wind and the and the sea is doing what it's doing, and your ship is doing, and the, and you've got to follow the needs of the moment. You've got to follow what the weather is doing right now, and you may be thrown off course, and you may end up somewhere else. And if you, like you say, trust the the flow of life, the wind and the weather of life, it will always take you forward if you let it, and sometimes to a new destination. And I just want to quote, happy Startup camp number four or five when suddenly there was no venue within weeks, you know, but you responded to the needs of that moment and and discovered a whole new venue that probably in many ways was more serving what you wanted to do or, or gave you something. So that's a perfect example of being thrown off course, yeah. but responding in the needs of the moment. And I think you guys are such masters at that, knowing that the path. So I think trust about, I think that's what we're missing in our world today is a trust of something on the inside that we can tap into an intelligent source that can guide us. But we're not so intelligent when we're busy preoccupied with a lot of thinking. That's that's really what I want to say. I don't know if that answers your question at all, Lawrence, but that's what came.
1: So what that so the things that spring up for me there is the idea of resilience. Yeah. And this kind of idea of what we're talking about bouncing back. Yeah. Um and thank you for taking us back to that traumatic experience.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say with that, it makes me realise that after that experience we, we realise you can pretty much cope with any anything that life throws at you. But it? it's a double edged sword, like Carla said, it's it triggers a trauma, which um yeah. It still sits sits there somewhere, so I think it's it's useful to have it. But also, yeah, you kind of uh, you get taken back to that moment.
1: <laughs> I I am taken to that moment. I was just, exactly what you're saying there, Lawrence. I I have clear picture. I was on a holiday when I found out this event. We basically, for those of you who don't know, we run a yearly uh, yearly festival, um, Happy Startup Summer Camp. A uh, beautiful place in in uh, East Sussex, um, lovely barn that we have it in, uh, and about three, four weeks before, three weeks before, we discovered that the venue was booked on the wrong date. There was, there was a clerical mix-up. We're not going to go into blame right now. Anyway, what it is, is like, I'm realizing this on holiday, and I have a distinct picture of myself. Getting my wife say, "All right, we're going to go to a bar, sit down, I'm going to have a beer, and just stop thinking." Beautiful. (laughs) Immediately was like, "Oh my god, we're going to do what? We're going to do?" And like it was like, "Oh god, I can't do anything right now. I just need to sit down and just have a drink, and then call Lawrence."
2: (laughs) And to be honest, if there's someone you want in that kind of crisis, Carlos is the guy. So you know when he's worried, there's some something really going (laughs) wrong. But you know what? The only thing that got me through that moment was. So I remember exactly where I was and I remember exactly that phone call. I remember thinking this could have been the day itself. So we could have found out when we got there. Mm. That was the only thing that got me through was this could have been, at least we've got two weeks, Mm. which is crazy to say. We normally plan a year in advance, but at least we've got two weeks. We're not just showing up with 150 people and a, a kind of a wedding where we should be having this festival. So that was kind of cling on to the crumbs of comfort around that.
1: And we only had three choices. I think it's yeah. the other thing that made me say, we either cancel, mm. uh, postpone, or find another venue. Mm. That's what, the way I thought about it. And so we can't cancel because we would be dead as a business. We can't postpone because we'd still be dead as a business because most people would probably wouldn't be able to make it. It's too short notice. So we only had one choice. We only had to find another venue. That's all we could do. There's mm. nothing else we could spin out about. And that, for me, just like, all right, boom, we just focus on that full stop.
0: Mm. There's a deeper truth here that I absolutely love, which is that you guys and, and all of us, when we're up against something that we don't want it to be that way, and you did not want it to be that way, I'm guessing. <laughs> you wouldn't have chosen it, right? But the minute we accept the way that it is what it is, we get resourceful, we get resilient, and we get capable, we get insightful. So I want to say that that there's a relationship that we have with X where it shifts from a massive problem which involves lots of resistance, drama, upset, wish it wasn't like this, who the fuck did this, I want to kill them, you know, feelings. And we just let the feelings fall away and the thoughts fall away and it is what it is, which I have to say, I, Carlos, in my experience, I mean, I, I have experienced him do this. He's, got, he's very neutral. Both of you are very neutral. It is what it is. And so at the minute we are, it is what it isness, fresh ideas come, perspective comes, insight comes. So so I want to say that the that our relationship with X as a situation is the thing that creates the problem, not the situation itself. And the minute we go, okay, we are going to find another venue, then guess what? A million ideas come. But I want to go a step deeper, if I may, for a moment, because it's you. And I feel like can
2: we like deep good. talk yeah. about
0: the nice S word?
2: This is the campfire, right? <laughs>
0: this is the campfire. This is. We're now going to talk about spiritual things. We are. This are you is going We're
2: going to go
0: woo. Okay, woo
2: woo. Woo That's fun.
0: I want to. Oh, now Carlos is gone. Now that I'm talking woo woo. He disappears. Okay, I get that message. Um. So what I want to say is,
2: Liam wants to get woo woo too.
0: Beneath the story of we have to put this on or we have to find a venue or our business will be over if we don't and all of that, beneath that is a truer thing. And the truer thing is this. No matter what happens, the essence of you is okay. You are okay even when you don't think you're okay. You are okay even if the business was to go under. You are okay, even if, you know, you had to postpone. You didn't, but you are okay. And this deeper spiritual truth is the the essence of you before you start thinking yourself up or you have an idea of yourself as a, you know, I have an idea of myself as a successful businesswoman or an entrepreneur. That They're all ideas that I have of myself. But before all of that, I'm just the life force energy and so are you. And that energy is unbreakable, untouchable, cannot be harmed. It's our true nature. It is our source. It is our essence. It is the life force itself. It doesn't matter what you call it. It is you, your higher self. It is your soul. It is, yeah, nature personified in you whatever that is cannot be harmed by an external thing now you can have external situations that are sad you know i know this because i've you know lost three members of my family one is my sister i was by her deathbed i would never choose that right i would never choose my sister to die but i discovered in that Great moment of truth, which is what becomes available when you're literally looking death in the face of something you love, someone you love, is peace. Our true nature has peace available to us when all else falls away. She, she shouldn't be dying, creates disease in me, unease in me. She, it is what it is. I find I, my heart can meet it fully and with that heart meeting the moment fully, I settle, become peaceful and and grief and be sad, but no resistance to any of it. It's all just experience happening. And I feel like I wanna say the flow of life is filled with highs and lows. And anybody that's trying to get out of feeling bad, good luck with that. I still fight with my husband, but I know that it's a function of My state of mind, seeing and that when I settle back down to peace, all that will remain is love because that's who we are when all else falls away. And guys, you were onto that before you even knew you were onto it onto that. You created a space for love to show up before you even knew what you were doing. (laughs) I think, you know, from what I can gather of your journey, it's become clearer and clearer. But when we all settle down. What's left is connection and, and love. Yeah. And so if we know that's who we really are, and we know that from that place we can meet anything, there's nothing we need to be afraid of. There's no feeling we need to fear. There's no circumstance we need to worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, use your common sense. I'm not saying don't do that. That's what's available to you when you're settled, when you're slow globe, when you're slow globing, <laughs> sense is available.
1: Hashtag slow globe.
2: I can see the t-shirt now. I'm already thinking of ideas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it
1: rem- I was going to say, it reminds me very much of the conversations we had with Shamash um, a couple of weeks ago. And this and this idea of res- resisting when you resist the feelings, that's when you, you start causing trouble for yourself.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, it's interesting what you said about, I think Andre highlighted it, no matter what happens, the essence of you is okay because yeah. I, I think for a long time I thought the reason summer camp worked was that venue, um, or the reason we worked was because we had an, um, a kind of co-working space, or we had a certain member of the team with us, or so it was really interesting. When you start to lose some of those things, you start to think, oh, it's definitely not going to work now. It was all luck, um, and that's and like you said, trying to let go of those things is really hard when you think actually, yeah, what if what's the worst case that could happen? But actually, like I love the idea of. Yeah, you'll rebuild yourself and still be you without all those things.
0: Um, Really simply, if I cut both your legs off, would you still be you? Of course. You'd be you, the essence of you would be you, but you wouldn't have legs. So your circumstances and your body are real, but there's something energetic, essential that is independent of that. Mm. And I know this because I've given birth to two babies. And let me tell you, the first birth, I fought the labour pains. I resisted. The second birth, I dived right in and there was a sense of myself that was independent of my body, but my body was having what it was having. But I, I was riding the dragon. And they were... One was painful, and one was involved pain, but I did not suffer. So, who is that that's not that's mm. suffering or not suffering? Because the body was pretty much doing the same thing. So that's really what I'm pointing to. That essence of who you are is unbreakable.
2: Mm. I've got a question. I mean, some people might see some of this stuff as we said, woo-woo, but. There's, there's a kind of feels like there's a spectrum we get this with people who come to our events there's people who are like you know bring on the woo-woo I've been five times like what's next <laughs> level <laughs> me up
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah um I want the yeah. next badge and, and then there's people who want to start a business maybe a bit disillusioned in their job want to find a new path mm. who are kind of stepping into this world of all of the stuff you talk about and, and you've I know work with not you know you don't from my understanding, don't work with people who are, you know, coming at this from the spirituality point of view. These are business people. These are leaders of companies, big companies and teams. And so I'd love to know, A, how do they respond to this stuff? Um, and B, were you always like that? You know, has that always been there or you've kind of taken them on a journey with you to probably like we have, you know, learn about this stuff and therefore bring more of it to their their work and their world?
0: Definitely uh, a learning process. Um, I'm I'm scared to say this because I think Carlos might hang me out to dry. So don't hang me out to dry, Carlos. But, But I'm only pointing to what's true. I'm only pointing to the truth. So what do I mean by that? There is an energy. We are alive. There's an energy animating us. That energy has intelligence. It's the same energy that makes acorns turn into oak trees. There is some kind of, I don't make the sunrise, do you? Maybe Carlos does, but you know, you Lawrence, do you make the sun, you know, we, there's something going on (laughs) that is independent of us, right? That we are a part of. So that's a hidden constant. The life force itself is a hidden constant. It has qualities and, and it exists and we exist. And so that is true and everyone knows it. And everyone also knows that when we settle down and, and put the, and slow globe, we feel better. I don't you have to believe me. You know, it's true. We attribute it to the walk or to the cuddle or to the wine. But actually, we settle on the inside. And I love what you said, Lawrence, about I used to think it was a magic potion that that venue created this space. But actually, it was there was something else that was creating happy start up summer camp that was independent of the space. So the hidden constant is true. And the hidden variable is true, which is that we all have our own unique experience moment by moment, depending on what we're thinking and feeling. So I just point out what's true. And when people understand that, for example, there's an essence that's so unbreakable in them, not intellectually, but when they get it in their bones, that's a game changer. When people understand that their experience of vari- variability of living on a mood elevator, they don't have to pay so much attention to their feelings because what you focus on grows. They know that's true. They know that when their anxious wife gets really anxious and starts focusing on the 16 things that are wrong today, she doesn't need to but she does and she sees more things. They know it's true over there and all you need to do is point out where where is that true for you. So I only point out what's true. I don't tell people what to do because I stand on the solid knowing that everyone has wisdom for themselves. So I can't tell you what you need, but I can point tell you where to look for what you need. It's the difference between me as a coach or a worker or a, a helper. You come to me when you're thirsty and I'll give you a drink of water. So I used to be a bit like that and then I started to see it would be so much better if I pointed to them where the water source was and they could fill their cup any time they like. And you know what? Everyone wants that. And that's what I know. Whether you're a successful businessman helping your team, you want want to know where the water source is that's going to liberate potential, collaboration, clarity, creativity, confidence. Well, I know where it is, but I ain't got it. You do. And people prick up their ears because they want to know the truth and they know. They know the truth. They just have thought themselves intellectually away from it how I see it but honestly I've discovered this what this sorry I've got one more thing to say if I may we live in a world that tends not you guys you are different but we live in a world that tends to prize the intellect over personal insight and the interesting thing is intellectual knowledge doesn't change things it just gives you more to think about you have to have your own insight. For it to be meaningful, your own embodied experience, your own knowing, your own intuition, your own. So, I could be the biggest expert on kissing, right? That existed in the planet. I could have read every book, written every book, but would, I, I could know technically everything about kissing, but would that make me a good kisser? You'd hope, right? But not necessarily. It'll make me an expert on kissing. I'd be the intellectual expert. You have. I have to have my own insight into kissing for me to be a good kisser. And truly, that happens in the moment, not when I'm thinking about being a good kisser. So I really want to point to this thing called personal insight as the, the intellectual knowledge is the booby prize. It can trigger insight, but on its own, it isn't what creates change and flow and wisdom. You have to see within. You have to know for yourself in your bones. And we live in a world where we're told what to think from when we're young. I'm not going to go on my education. Mm.
1: Okay? Well, I was going to I was going to join you on the education around because yeah. I was, yesterday I was just watching there's a TED talk by Ken Robinson about does do schools kill creativity? Uh, yes. <laughs> and kind of relating, I think, back to what Lawrence was saying. You know, what is the shift? What's the change that needs to be ha- to be made? And and you touched, on, I think, even earlier about what? How do we measure success? Yeah, like what I heard. And how do we measure value? And it is a system based on, as according to this talk by Ken Robinson, it is based on intellect. It's based on a particular type of intellect. And how the curriculum is structured is those more academic subjects, maybe science, maths, and uh, are put on a pedestal higher than anything else like the humanities. And even lower down, he talks about dance, for instance. How the relative value of those two things, not only at school, but also in our economies, are given Mm. that skewed feeling. And you're talking about body, wisdom, embodiment what is more embodied than dancing? Absolutely. Well, it's totally not worth, you know, it's not valuable according to our current systems. So there's right. that shift there, it sounds like.
2: Well, also, it's hard to measure, isn't it? I think that's the thing. It's, you know, it's easy to know whether you've got a maths equation right or wrong. It's very subjective to decide if someone's dancing is good or bad. Although if you've seen me, you'd probably all agree it's pretty bad.
0: Oh, I'll take you as I find you, Lawrence. I'm <laughs> Or
2: I'm very good at dad dancing. So, uh, oh,
0: there you go. You're a dad. That works.
2: Carlos is, uh, is more the kind of 1990s running man.
0: Oh, yeah. I yeah, with, with a
2: dodgy back, so he can't quite do the moves he used to be able Not to anymore. do. No, more. Um, yeah, he used to do stretching for about an hour before.
1: <laughs> and the
2: we, chiropractor afterwards.
0: <laughs> we, you know, I don't have to tell you or anyone listening to this that we've lost our way. And you brought into my awareness the idea of business as a tribe, and I'm actually about to write an article. The new CEO, Chief Empathy Officer, business as community, teams as family. We now live in a choice between me, not we, or we, not me. And the new CEO if and we includes our good friend Gaia. And if we are not living in alignment with the needs of the we, including our mate Gaia, we are uh, lost. And so there is an opportunity now for a new wisdom to arise where empathy and thinking about we and nurturing, listening, making space, listening to the wisdom of the tribe, the, the feminine energies, it's not only in women, mm. but the feminine energy. See, the reason why we've gone overboard is the masculine loves a good, measurable pole (laughs) okay she said that yes
2: we reword that
0: yes masculine loves form it loves measure it loves to manifest form so we've lived in a world that reveres the form and yet there is a formless truth as well so i want to say it like this Um, we've learned to value what we can measure but not everything that matters we can measure. And often what we do measure doesn't matter. So we need to learn to look beyond what is measurable and value that too. And that's kindness and creativity, connection, confidence, things that are just kind of very hard. Well-being, then nobody even agrees what well-being is. I'm just saying it's when you're in alignment with, with the flow of life. That's then you are just being, and it feels good. That's well being, you know, it's just you being you without a lot Mm -hmm. on your mind. But, but my point is this we are bodies, and they have they run by biology, but we are more than that, and it is the more than that bit. And it doesn't matter what you call it, but you know, every person will know what I'm talking about the piece of them that stays constant, that was at their sixth birthday party, that had their first kiss, that's here on this call. There's an aware part of us that is independent of our bodies and that part of us has gifts. I'm going to call them spiritual gifts and they are not necessarily measurable and yet they are the joy of life. When you watch your baby be born, when you when you have that moment, when you see that, Everything is connected, or whatever it is, consciousness.
1: Hmm.
0: You can call it, it. Doesn't? It's not in the name. It's in the experience. When you're singing in a choir, when hmm. you're dancing on that dance floor with the what are they called? The guys with the drums, the the, the guys that you had at Happy Startup to do. The oh party. the
2: the, the bank. Oh the were they oh. banger band or the
0: yeah the, the band? Tyler. Okay, yeah. might
2: have been Iron Iron Boots Scrapers maybe.
0: Iron Iron Boots. That, you know, when you're when you're kind of all there, connected, you can't, they could put stuff on our heads and our hearts to measure chemistry, but that isn't what it's about. It's about what we experience when that's happening and that's yeah. spiritual. And I just want to say the new leader is spiritual. Yeah. I don't mean woo-woo. I mean yeah. has respect for the formless energy that we can't measure, but yet we know it when we see it and feel it. Mm. I'm so I, and I
2: love, love it. The, new, the new CEO. That's great.
1: <laughs> well, this is, uh, Leanne was asking a question, actually, I think related to this. Um, she says, in light of where we are right now and what we are experiencing, do you see or believe that spirituality will find a stronger place in a business environment and with business leaders, i.e. can and will business become more Conscious.
0: Well, I've devoted my whole life to that. (laughs) Here's what I've discovered. The answer to the Spice Girl question, I have never met anybody who doesn't want love, peace, fulfilment or freedom, Hmm. ever. Now, they may be very cynical. They may be very show me the money. They may be all sorts of other things as a mask that they've learned to wear. In a corporate setting, but you give them a moment where they can have the taste, the nectar of human connection, and they will drop it in a heartbeat if they feel safe enough. It's all about safety. Now, that's my trademark, making people feel safe enough to be real, but um, I know that to be true. I know that to be true. When you take the mask away, people. Instance, I might have a very well place mask. That can be true too. But I, I haven't yet met a person who doesn't want that. Right. And if I if I say to them, you're going to have to give something up to have that, would you be willing to give up being right about the way that you think it is for what you really, really want? Most people will entertain that thought. They'll entertain it. Some will be like, do you know what? That's too hard. Because <laughs> I have to get rid of years of conditioning millennia of conditioning actually goes all the way back. But most people in this time are broken open. Hmm. There are two, uh, Leanne, I love the question. There are two things that make people change inspiration. And I definitely think HSSC are on the path of cultivating inspiration in people. But I'll tell you the other thing desperation. Hmm. Otherwise, I'm happy and I'm comfortable and I don't need to change. But if I'm really inspired, then that's a reason to grow. But if I'm really desperate, I think we live in desperate times. And I think it's yeah. going to get worse. I'm an optimist, but I think it's going to get worse in people's experience. If it hurts, people will be willing to try something new. And that's the opening for a shift in consciousness. It breaks us open mm-hmm. and something new can be born. And I'm well, hopeful.
1: Reminds me of what Case said at a summer camp a few years ago, there's purpose in pain. And and when when we feel that pain, then we get that sense of, okay, right, I need to do something about it.
2: Um, And I think most people, well, a big chunk of people who find us tend to have maybe been at a point of desperation, you know, that they see happy and they're clinging onto that. Or they have actually had something like that, not this global reset or trauma happen to them, but something traumatic, maybe like a loved one dying, like you said. And actually that then making them realize, wow, I haven't got along on this. On this thing we call the Earth, and and I want to get inspired to do something different and make most of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Another thing that springs to mind about what's happening right now and how that can maybe shift the way we look at how we are in terms of consciousness and also work and, and community is, I heard someone say this on the WHO um, press conference: "We all won't. Be, I say we won't be safe until we are all safe."
2: because
1: mm. until every single person is safe not we we won't be safe you can't just have a bunch of us say oh, all right we're okay we're protected and those people have the coronavirus because if they've got it we're still in threat so until we're all good when we're yeah. all looking after each other we're that's all what gonna be in
2: it makes me laugh when we see these league tables of countries and you know we're doing better than whoever else and it's just ludicrous because it's obviously self-interest in politics, and and we will have to travel eventually if we want to get out of this. And then it won't matter, will it? We are one, one world.
1: There's no this bound. There's this this virus. It has no boundaries in terms of geographical boundaries, or no boundaries in terms of economical boundaries. You could be the richest person in the world, you still get it. You could be in the far flung part of the world. At some point, you're going to get it. And and what I hear from you, Elizabeth, is having that shift of understanding of what actually. There are things that don't have boundaries, and one of that the positive thing that doesn't have boundaries is love. That's it. And if we can harness that by acknowledging, actually, we're not separate. That's it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I'm sure you guys know or have heard of Charles Eisenstein, and he talks about the story of separation. Mm-hmm. We live in the idea, an illusion, that we're separate. And if it and we, you know, it, up till now, and then in the last ten years, let's say this growing awareness that we are all connected have you not gone to a beach and been horrified at what you see washed up on the shore and you're like where the fuck did that come from well you know somebody in South America got on a boat and threw something in the water and it landed on your shores you know I remember watching Survivor or something and thinking that's an island in the middle of the Pacific and how is that even happening so now we're starting to really get the visceral reality that we are all connected on a physical level. And coronavirus is a wonderful metaphor for, for that truth. There it is, I, I see coronavirus in many different ways. And one of the ways I see it, it's the great wake up. It's the great wake up call. A, incontrovertible evidence we're all connected. But it also shows us the state of things. It. I don't know about you, but in lockdown, do you not meet yourself? Do you not meet your head? Do you not meet your pathology and your compulsions and all the bits of you that you kind of could get away from before you now meet? So it's the great awakening on an individual level but also on a societal level and the great opportunity is we can do better. We can do better. We've all been sent to our room (laughs) for a bit and now we can come out and do better and... um, But I think the other thing that Charles talks about is interbeing. It is a fact that there is, we are all part of and connect to the whole. Mm -hmm. And we have our own unique individual expression, which is beautiful. Just like every tree in the forest is meant to be its separate self, not the same as something else. But it is all part of the forest and we are all part of the one world. And I think this coronavirus is a a revealing thing and a truth teller and an awakening tool. And that's not even true, what I just said. It's just what looks true to me, and it's a possible interpretation that leaves me a wiser mm. as a result of seeing it that way.
2: Mm.
1: Well, Lots to soak in here. I, I, it's interesting what Ray just said. There's no profit to be made from getting everyone to love each other, but plenty to be made from selling vaccines. And that, for me, just like that stark difference in perspective that you can take on what's going on around you um, based on what's important or you what you believe to be important
2: and that's what's curious for me is how things go back together whenever that happens will things be the same um will people want to buy the things that they bought before will they want to you know live the way they did because it feels to me like there's two camps people who've responded to this well and people who've responded to this in a very different way and I guess neither is right or wrong is it facing up to your demons sounds like the hardest part of this for everyone
0: I think that's a reality that we get and we either take that crucible and we turn shit into gold or we don't yeah but it's available it's available. I promise you if you're in the shit right now you go to the heart of it, you you dive in, you wallow in it and you will find the gold. It is there always mm. without exception. We, we're made we're made for these times. we're made to to deal with whatever's up against us and find our heart and our community and our adaptability within it. And I just think the one thing that um, we miss that we can't replace, we're loving i'm loving all of this kind of call to be online and to rethink things and i'm really enjoying it it's it's going really well for me finding new ways to share what i do online but the one thing that you guys always knew was that the balance needed to be there between person-to-person contact Mm -hmm. and then this global reach
2: yeah
0: i think that person-to-person contact we must protect that however it makes sense for us to do in our worlds in our ways that nothing can replace touch. Nothing mm. can replace touch, and that we must remember that you know we're made for that, mm. and that's important. And I think that will become increased. My prediction that once the fear is settled down, the need for that will increase.
1: Yeah. Well, when are we going to hug again?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm I'm a hugger, and I'm going to hug the people I feel safe to hug or who mm. are hugging them because i need to do that and i'm going to do that i trust i trust that i also i might be immune so
2: (laughs) mother hugger mother hugger um but going back to your point i you know when thinking about this conversation i was thinking back to us sitting on a log at summer camp chatting for what seemed like a long while but it was probably about 10 minutes but in that kind of midst of craziness when you're running something like that it was really a moment i remember and i think that you know as much as nice as this is I think our community wouldn't be what it is without those moments. I feel.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It, it, yeah. There's there's the there's the, shall I call it the intellectual experience of just the conversation, but then there's also, the sensory side of things, and, mm. and until you have both of those working together, then you're never going to have the, the highest quality of memory of that situation. And like you said, Elizabeth, is, it's about. Feeling, and feeling is a bodily function, not a mentally function.
0: You know, when, you're, when you're, your mind and your heart and your body, and let's call it your soul, are in alignment, that's what everyone's looking for. Mm-hmm. Everyone is looking for that. And I remember that really when I when I used to hold my six-year-old boy, who was a very still person, he's very grounded, he's... I would be so still in his being I would hold him and I would feel still too that's the biggest contribution we can make mm. is to locate our centre and emanate from that place mm. our being, just our very being impacts other people and it's enough it's mm. enough.
1: It's interesting, I don't know if that relates to Annette's question um, how do you bring people you work with towards that recognition and connection with true essence and there uh, goodness.
2: It's a good one.
0: Okay. Well, we've got like three minutes, haven't we? How long does this thing? Does,
2: yeah. does, it, does it involve ayahuasca?
0: <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, honey. Boat. <laughs> what I would say about that is I, I do actually have a trick I use, so maybe we'll do another webinar someday on this. But it is the devi- a device I use to point people to the fact that oh. And it is an absolute fact that everybody has this within them, but they think they don't. They don't, they, they think, oh, yeah, that sounds really nice. One day I'll get there. But no, you had it last week when you were walking the dog. You had it in the shower the other day when you were like, oh, looking out the window thinking it's going to be a nice day. Or when you hugged your kid. Or the last time you felt relaxed, whatever it, you were doing something or nothing. But you attribute it to that thing. What if all that ever happened was that you settled enough on the inside to be there fully? And because the truth is, we we might say every time I go for a run, it clears my head. But there are times when you go for a run and it doesn't clear your head. So it can't be the run. There's a hidden variable, and the variable is you and your state of mind. And when you settle down enough, you touch that place inside, and it's because it's already there. And the big misunderstanding is it, we think it's a destination to get to. It's actually like the sun already there whenever we get less on our mind and we suddenly feel connected. And so I what I do is I remind people that they already know this and I bring them into that experience. And I say, you know that thing that you just felt right then? That's who you really are. Nobody ever tells us that. That's not what they teach in school.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: actually, I have some colleagues that do, but, mm. you
1: know. Well, I think that's the thing. That's the thing that needs to be taught. And if we were talking about education um, or even thinking about how you build a business, I feel more and more the, the mission we're on with this community is how to build a business by just being you. Brilliant. And the work isn't necessarily what are the strategies for marketing and, and structuring business is like who are you <laughs> it's like once you know that then you build a business around it yeah probably a lot of people don't know what that is
0: no and because they've got to think they they think it's a it's a fixed thing and it's an idea that they of themselves they need to know what idea they have of themselves but actually who are you is much more in the moment and it's your unique you-ness and it, it's the hardest thing to answer because we we know what it's like to be us, but we don't really know what it's like to be with us, so we don't have a real sense of ourselves, but, but we do net get a glimpse of who we really are when we're settled on the inside. And whatever flows from that place is closer to the truth of who we are, including our brilliant idea for, in my case, um, setting up a wisdom and wellbeing consultancy to help more well-being in the world, and training practitioners, and now they're they're all volunteering on something called the Listening Space, which I've created. None of which was planned. It all occurred to me in the moment as a good idea, <laughs> so I did it. I don't, no money in it. God knows, but I'm I don't seem seem to be doing it for the money. It turns out I seem to be doing it from my heart, and my other business seems to be going well. So that's funding me. You know, it, I don't need to figure it all out. I just need to follow what feels good for me.
1: Mm. It's
2: beautiful. I think it's so important at the moment we found that even just these conversations came out of this need to follow what we had energy for not what made sense commercially
0: that that,
2: that's where the good stuff is I think um I've, I've now got bit vi- now got visions of Miss Lovius coming in to teach snow globes
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> anybody wants that I'm I'm you know I've got a whole team that teach snow globe stuff snow globe thinking Elizabeth Lovius. <laughs> yeah I love it.
2: And then you get there and then you can really brainwash them. <laughs> well,
0: we're oh. brainwashed anyway. We might as well brainwash. Yeah, them.
2: exactly. Brainwash with the good stuff.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well,
1: thank you very much, Elizabeth. I really enjoyed that. That was super fun.
2: Yeah, it was um, fun.
1: Thank you, everyone, for for p- pitching in and sharing your questions. Um shameless promotion time. If you want to point people in the direction to find out more about what you do and and how you think, where would you like to uh, push them to?
0: So um, if you're particularly interested in resilience and helping other people, wisdomandwellbeing.co.uk. I've got a little temporary page going on there, but, you know, it's a good come and join our newsletter, find out what we're up to. We offer lots of free things at the moment to help people with their wisdom and wellbeing. A Monday night call. Five thirty every Monday, and we talk about things like how not to kill your partner when you're in lockdown, and um, what to do if you're on your own and you're feeling really lonely. So stuff, real stuff. And then my other business is if you're in, if you're a leader, and you're really wondering about your own headspace, how you can get the best out of yourself. It's leadershipwisdom.info. And that's where I'm offering various different things to help leaders, in particular teams. I'm helping people check in as human beings with their team. That's going very well at the moment. So if you're interested in that, I do that. And they're the two things, I think, at the moment that I'd like to share. Beautiful. Amazing. Thank you very much. And um,
1: thanks a lot for your time. Uh, For those of you still here, next week we're going to be joined by John Parkin, author of the Fuck It books, the original Fuck It books. And we are going to be talking about Fuck it and feel the fear. So, beautiful. if you're curious about that, join us next Friday. Um, brilliant. Well, have a beautiful rest of the day, Elizabeth. Thank um, you. Seems like That's we need there's hard. gonna be Lovius 2 slow globes. Yes, oh, really, I,
0: I anytime I, I, I support you guys 100%. You guys live More in my webinar world. jazz. <laughs> I'm
2: gonna go awesome. listen to the Spice Girls now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much.
0: Take, Take care. care, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Happy Entrepreneur podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also, if you'd like to learn more about being a happy entrepreneur, and want to connect with more people like you, then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Amongst many other things about business and life, we'll help you answer the following questions. How can I serve others by being myself? And how can I discover who I really am by serving others?